you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, Episode 3. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Hi, you guys. Welcome to episode three. The title of this episode is Challenging Kiddos, Do You Have a Strong-Willed One? So in this episode, we're going to discuss that kid, you know the one, the one that refuses to comply no matter what you do, the one that everyone seems to walk on eggshells around, the one that's secretly running the show even though no one wants to admit that out loud, and you might be mad at me for 10 minutes because I just said it out loud. We're going to discuss how I believe these kids were given to us for a reason and that they are the real catalysts for change. And I'm going to explain that, you guys. So no one changes just because. That's the deal. We have to have a real doozy on our hands to change. As humans, our brains always seek the familiar. So we don't expend extra calories because we're always holding on to those extra calories in case we go into a state of fight or flight, in case we meet that metaphorical tiger in the jungle. It's our primal wiring. It's literally why we go back and repeat the same patterns over and over again. It's the reason why New Year's resolutions don't get followed. They get abandoned within three weeks. It's because we constantly go back to the familiar because it it, you, it burns less calories to do what you've always done. And so if you're going to make a change, like if you're going to all of a sudden, let's say, start eating healthy and, uh, and have a total overhaul of your diet, well, most likely you've had some kind of heart incident or health event or none of your clothes are fitting you or you're rock bottom and just feeling like this is out of control. I got to do something. Because we we don't we don't just adopt change. So here's the thing with my work. People don't just come and take a parenting class or start listening to parenting podcast episodes just because. Most likely there's some kind of pain point 
that's big enough, that's intense enough, that you're looking for solutions and answers. And so I think that these strong-willed kids, when they are given to us, they propel us forward. They make it worth it to burn the extra calories and learn something new because we have a challenge to overcome. We want to figure out how we can get through to them, help them to be more cooperative, and, and, and get on the same page in some way. And in some way, life in our household feels most of the time like people are walking on eggshells and it feels tense and it, it's just not fun. It's not fun to live that way. And even though nobody's putting that stuff out on Facebook or talking about it in mom's groups, I know because nobody wants to admit this stuff out loud. If you are taking the time to learn about these things, chances are you have some, you have a strong-willed child. And I want to tell you guys today what I have learned about having a strong-willed child. And I think in this one short podcast episode, you are going to learn to see the situation very differently and immediately be able to start changing the relationship between you and your strong-willed child and help your strong-willed child to start to shift out of this place of defensiveness and constant digging in their heels and to learn how to speak a language where they can actually hear and you guys feel like you're on the same team. So I know that's a big, bold claim to make, but I'm telling you guys I have the solution on how to get on the same page with these kids, and um, and I just want you to listen up because you're in the right place. So these kids, they live in this state of defensiveness. They present as defiant. They're often irritable, and they have a hard time seeing other people's perspectives. You might secretly worry that if they're a future serial killer because you wonder where their sense of empathy is. Don't worry, they're not going to be a serial killer. Well, most likely not. They're not. Don't worry. Um, These kids are typically misunderstood. I read a book years ago called The Highly Sensitive Child by Elaine Aron, A-R-O-N. She also has written a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. And if after this podcast episode, if you feel like I am talking about your child, I highly encourage you to look into her work. But don't worry if you're not a book reader because that's why I do things like podcasts, <laughs> episodes, and, and teach the things that I teach is because I'll give you the cliff notes. So her theory is that 20% of the population has a highly sensitive nervous system. The other 80% not, the, you know, not so much, but 20% has a highly sensitive nervous system. I'm going to explain what that means. When you have a highly sensitive nervous system, it means that the world is overstimulating. So like smells are smellier, tags are itchier, noises are noisier, technology jacks your brain up in a way and like in a, in a more heightened way than it does other people. Sleep is more important. Even one hour of not enough sleep can highly affect you. You need downtime. Downtime is re-energizing. And quite often, people with highly sensitive nervous systems are kind of in a bad mood a lot of the time because they're exhausted and they're not having that space 
in their life, in their day to re-energize. And so they are just kind of walking around in this constant state of exhaustion. And when you take their bad moods personally and don't realize that it's just because of how they're wired and that something needs to be shifted in their life, like more sleep, better nutrition, more downtime, their own room, quiet activities that don't involve electronics, time outside where they get to really have like like some quiet walks in nature and um, moving their body after sitting in a desk all day at school, trying to read people's faces and emotions and all that kind of stuff, which can be super exhausting and overstimulating for them. Uh, when you take their bad moods personally, instead of just realizing and seeing it from their perspective, you'll be fighting an uphill battle and chances are you already have been. There's probably lots of power struggles in your life and in your family. And no matter how much you try to kind of bring down the hammer and do things, maybe the way things have been like, I never would have been able to talk to my mom like that. I never could have told my parents I hated them. No matter how much you try to bring down the hammer, they dig their heels in more and the power struggles are just getting more intense and that's causing everyone to kind of walk on eggshells. So you guys are just not communicating effectively. And the thing is, is that what they really need is they need more structure. They need understanding. They need to, they need really calm, assertive leadership in their life. This is what's going to help them to feel grounded in the world. And this is going to help them to grow up and to grow into what I believe is actually their superpower. So this high sensitivity, when you're little, when you're a little bitty person, it's like the world is constantly overstimulated overstimulating and you're constantly overstimulated and misunderstood. So you then go into this place of defensiveness, which is everyone thinks there's something wrong with me. And I know there's nothing wrong with me, but I'm too young to understand it. And the other thing is, is that little kids, the parts of the brain that are most developed in little kids are the lower centers of the brain. So where all the emotions lie. So like their limbic system, that's why little kids, um, you know, the limbic, the limbic system is much more developed than like the prefrontal lobe where all of our brilliant executive functioning skills are. That's, that's not, that's not developed yet. Like it's very, very basic. So that's why little kids can frequently go into that place of meltdown or temper tantrum over like the littlest things. And then when you have a highly sensitive kid on top of it, who is walking around in this exhausted state and feeling misunderstood and constantly irritable, well, the temper tantrums are just explosive a lot of times. And the tension in the home can just literally, it can be debilitating for everyone. It can break a family apart. And I think a lot of families that have a misunderstood, highly sensitive child. And chances are, this stuff is genetic, guys. So chances are, if there's a highly sensitive child, there's probably one or two highly sensitive adults. And maybe some of your other kids are highly sensitive to some degree or another too. And you can literally have a family that feels like a war zone. 
And I think that a lot of people live in this state and it's really, it's just, it's really such a sad thing in my opinion, because these highly sensitive people, if you see, if you see it differently and you help them tap into how they are wired and giving them the time to re-energize and the downtime and you stop misunderstanding the behavior and taking the bad moods personally and you allow them to kind of grow up and grow into themselves and you know how to support them the right way well it turns into their superpower because when you have high sensitivity you are highly intuitive you feel other people's energy. You're a really good judge of character. You kind of see in black and white. So you can like, like I, I say, it's like, they're like truth knowers. Like they just know they can just like zero in on the real deal. Uh, highly sensitive people are typically loyal and great listeners and smart. And, uh, and when they get out of defense mode, there's usually a cleverness and a quick wit about them. And I think one of the best examples of somebody who I consider to be a highly sensitive person is Larry David. And Larry David is, if you know, if you don't know who I'm talking about, then you got to watch the Larry David show. And um, Larry David, he created Seinfeld, right? So his sense of humor, this highly sensitive person, kind of dark, dry sense of humor. Like that's what's behind Seinfeld. And that's where I say like this really is this brilliant superpower when we understand it. And now, I mean, Larry David has a cult following around him playing himself, which is just being a strong-willed adult. And my my own little Larry David, who is one of my sons, sometimes I actually call him Yoda because I see in gray rather than in black and white. And I am quick to see other people's perspectives and I'm quick to kind of talk myself into things and, and, and sometimes even BS myself. And so sometimes I need a black and white perspective so that I can see the truth. So let me tell you guys a story about how I tapped into my little Larry David being Yoda. So um, a few summers ago, my wallet was stolen while we were in Spain and basically I left my purse open, um, like kind of leaning on the ground while I helped a new mom close by that had this flailing newborn baby. And so I saw this flailing newborn baby and I helped this mom properly swaddle her baby. So while I was helping her, someone grabbed my wallet. And so once we left the store, I immediately realized my wallet was gone. And a for about 45 minutes afterwards, I was totally panicked and I couldn't think clearly. I was crying a little bit. I was kind of freaking my kids out. And because they normally see me pretty calm, cool, and collected, and they were like, Mom, are you okay? It's gonna be okay. Um, and so I was I was really upset. I was in Spain. My husband wasn't there yet. He was coming a few days later. And now I was there with my kids without any money. And I just kind of went into that state of survival, right? Like that was my tiger in the jungle. So I knew I needed to master my mind and calm myself down so that I could think clearly. And through the work that I do, I knew I needed a new story. So I asked, so I needed a new story. So I kept saying to myself, okay, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Because I like to go to that place of things happen for me, not to me. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? It doesn't mean that I don't grieve when, sh I don't, 
I'm trying not to use curse words. Um, I, I don't grieve when terrible things happen. It just means that I am building my resiliency skills, which is the ability to recover quickly after you experience difficulty. And when I say to myself, what, what, why did this happen? There's a lesson here. This is terrible and this sucks right now, but I need to believe that this is happening for me and not to me. What's the lesson? So I was grabbing, I, I was grasping. I couldn't find it. So I needed a new story. So I looked over at my little black and white Larry David slash Yoda son to help me clarify. And what I explained to him was that, you know, that new mom that I was helping, well, the truth of the matter is, is that she didn't even really speak English. So I saw her newborn baby crying and flailing. And the mom, you know, she looked sort of stressed out as she was trying to shop around. And I remembered, like, don't y'all all remember those early sleepless months when you had a little newborn baby and how badly we just wanted a few hours out of the house to feel like a person in the real world. And so I see this mom and she's just like looking around this shoe store and I'm, I, you know, I'm assuming that she's just like how I was when I had a new baby. And when I was in that state, it's like you were just praying for that baby to cooperate and stay asleep. So that's what I was assuming she was going through. And I took it upon myself to think that I knew how she was feeling. And so therefore I wanted to help. And so the truth is she didn't ask for my help. You know, she might have even been a little freaked out by some stranger lady who didn't even speak the same language as her touching her precious little baby. And for all I know, I could have even stressed her out more. So I explained all this to my son and I said, you know, is there a lesson for me here? Like, was there a lesson for me by having my wallet stolen? Was it that I wasn't supposed to swaddle other people's babies unless I was invited to do so? Which to me was really a metaphor in life for like, don't offer other people's other people advice unless they ask you to swaddle their baby. Like there have been so many years on my journey, my parenting journey as a coach and as a parent educator where there were plenty of people in my personal life, other moms, mom friends, they never asked for my advice. They never asked me to swaddle their baby. And I'm over here constantly offering up all these wonderful things that I was learning that was transforming my life and my family. And I could sense that there was animosity, there was tension. And the truth of the matter is, is that who am I to share what I'm learning or my swaddling techniques with other people who didn't ask for it? Like wait to be invited to share your advice and your words of wisdom. And, uh, and so I asked him, I said, is this the lesson that I shouldn't be in swaddling other people's babies unless I'm invited? And he answered in his black and white way, plainly and simply, absolutely. You had no business. You had no business touching that lady's baby. <laughs> Just like that. Thanks, Yoda. So I used to see that superpower, that clear, precise, black and white thinking. I used to see it as a flaw when he was little. 
because it was honestly hard to see it as a superpower. Like he would dig his heels in and refuse to see the gray in life when he was younger. And I was the mom who, like I was talking about in the last episode, I was on this mission for my kids to have this fabulous, happy, wonderful childhood. So I was constantly trying to teach all these lessons and share my words of wisdom and try and get him to see the gray in life. And I also wasn't understanding his irritability. And so he was defensive and he was like, I'm not seeing the gray and stop already. So I, I didn't see this as his superpower. It took me understanding things differently as he got older, as I got older, that this really is a superpower and I can tap into it and ask him when I'm having a hard time seeing what the truth is. He's like, he's a truth knower. So, you know, as he's gotten older and we stopped lecturing him about how he was wrong all the time and we started to see his perspective more, well, guess what, you guys? He's gotten less rigid, less defensive, and his really hilarious sense of humor shines through more and more. And, um, I mean, now it's like he's constantly holding court in our family because everybody's just waiting for the next hilarious thing to come out of his mouth or little, you know, gesture on his face. I mean, he doesn't even, it's not like he's sitting there performing for us. It's like, we're just all sitting there waiting because we know it's just like watching Larry David. We just know at any moment there's something hilarious that could happen. So I have no doubt that you guys have your hands full with your strong-willed little Larry. But here are some pointers that I'm going to share with you. Okay? These are things I wish had somebody had shared with me when I was at the place where you are. So see his or her perspective and stop making their behavior mean something about you. I promise that they're just exhausted from an overstimulating day. And if there's anything you can do, it's actually adjust the structure in your household and prioritize sleep. Stay on top of those basic needs. These kids put the hang in hangry because you want to hang yourself when they're hungry. Like keep yourself well stocked with bars or easy snacks in your glove compartment and your purse because if you if you can, if you can offset that hanger, then then just be ready, ready for it. They need 10 to 11 hours of sleep pat when they're past the napping stage. They need a lot of rest to rejuvenate and to get the, so get the sleep thing figured out. There's sleep consultants out there if you have a hard time figuring that out. Uh, you need your nighttime, your downtime at night to rejuvenate too because these kids take a lot of patience and understanding and so your reserves can be shot. I believe that from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. is adult time. And if you think that that's like pie-in-the-sky dreams, like we got to talk because you deserve 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. That is your time. There's 100% a way to get that for yourself, and you deserve it. Please make that a priority. Structure and exercise is super important for all kids, but especially for these kids. So get them outside and away from the screens. Solo sports like swimming can be phenomenal. And 
most importantly, what I want you guys to remember is my belief is that my belief is that if you get if you have one of these kiddos, then you got the call. You're a trailblazer in this new parenting conversation. It's time to do things differently. It's time to learn a different conversation, right? And your little strong-willed kiddo is insisting upon it. And I promise you, everyone in your family is going to benefit from this new conversation. Okay, so you, as you see your little Larry's point of view, you're going to become a team instead of it feeling like a war zone. And once you understand how he's wired, you're going to learn how to talk to him in a productive way and in a way that he can actually hear you and not feel defensive. Right. So, of course, if you guys are like, yes, you just described my life, then contact me because I'm going to help you. Randy at RandyRubenstein.com. Everything I teach was honestly developed because I, I got the call. I was given the gift of receiving a strong-willed child. And everyone in my family has benefited from this. And, um, and nowadays I wouldn't call him strong-willed by any chance nowadays, but he, um, he's just propelled the rest of us forward. I think it's an amazing gift. If you got the call, this is your catalyst for change and you can continue resisting and doing things the way you've been doing that, doing them. But as you know, it's not working. So, um, Keep listening to the podcast because I'm going to be teaching you my recipe and talking about this new conversation and all of the different relevant topics. And uh, again, if you are like literally at rock bottom right now and you want more, email me and we'll talk about it and I'll help you. Okay, you guys, hope this was helpful. Have a great day and I'll talk to you next week. At Mastermind Parenting, we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. And if this sounds like something you want to learn more about, then I have a gift for you. You can grab a copy of my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. It's my signature recipe for raising confident and kind kids, even if you have a strong-willed one. So go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to get your free copy mailed directly to your doorstep.